10, 15. Back up field at the 35 to the 40. 45, 50. Pass the 50. 35, 40. Pass the 30. To the 20. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. Hello again, everyone. This is the Old College Try. This is your host, Tim Highland, and joining me as always is my co-host, Mike Unger. Mike, welcome to the greatest week of the year. You're almost there. We were just chatting. You're going to you have an abbreviated day tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday, so we're almost to what's unquestionably, in my opinion, the, the best four days of the year. Best four days of the year in general, but also in a football sense. There's not even a question, right? Not no, even. no. Definitely no, no question in a football sense, um, but in a food sense, in a uh, everyone coming together as one. I don't know anyone who doesn't like Thanksgiving. I mean, a couple people bitch and moan about not loving turkey, um, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. But they still like the sides. Um, but everybody, everybody I know loves Thanksgiving. There's one person I know who hates it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, probably know, I probably know a few who don't. Um I was talking to a uh, woman on my team today and we started talking about like how much we love Thanksgiving or whatever. And Mike, we we're talking about our, our favorite traditions and like her family also like goes above and beyond with the food. So like there'll be a turkey, but they're getting like brisket and she's Polish. They're getting like Polish sausage, all this stuff. I'm like, this sounds awesome, Nicole. Um, but then she's like, oh, and Tim, like, you know, a few years ago, an old boss of mine bought me this special issue um, edition of the last waltz and I listen to it every Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. I'm like, Nicole, <laughs> that amazing. is great. Did you tell her about my little tradition? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. I will be there in about 24 hours from now, 24 hours from this exact moment. The first song of the last waltz will be kicking off at the Polish home club in Fells point. And uh, the first of 40 plus songs, it'll be uh it'll be a glorious way to, to kick off the weekend. And in honor of that, Tim, I'm doing a first, for the podcast, my my beverage of choice this evening, a glass of wine. Really? What kind of wine? Uh, Cabernet. Had some at dinner, so I'm kind of in a wine mood, and it's uh, delightful, I have to say. Are you more of a red guy or a white guy? Definitely much more of a red guy. Not, I barely drink any white. I kind of, I'm, I'm big on Chardonnay, Mike. Well, that doesn't surprise me about you. Right. Um. So, Mike... We know you, were, you had a concert last weekend. So what was your general broad overview, your weekend of college football? So I watched almost, I watched, you know, I, had, I was down in the basement with the four TVs going for the noons, basically. Except I did have to leave to go to D.C. basically middle of the fourth quarter. But I have to say, I listened to your beloved Learfield on the awesome. on the drive. Yeah. Well, I was alternating between Learfield and the Michigan State-Indiana game because that game didn't even reach the tier of being covered by Learfield's wraparound coverage. <laughs> but it was so, so fulfilling and enjoyable to listen to the Michigan State feed of that Indiana game. We'll get into that as we uh, as we progress here. Um, and that was about it. Once I got to D.C., uh, I did watch here and there some of the Maryland-Ohio State game, which was great. It was on in a couple bars where we do, did some pre-gaming. But then it was uh, off to Billy Strings, 
where a noted listener Wade Puppick was there with his lovely wife Amanda. They were uh, celebrating her birthday. Uh, we we hung out with them, and uh, it was a great show. It was a very very fun Saturday, but uh, I did not watch much football after three p.m. So, by the way, it got very cold this weekend, didn't it, Mike? Yeah, instantly. Uh, last week on Monday, so that was what eight days ago. It was seventy degrees, and I played tennis. Since then, uh, the temperature has plummeted. And I think you know this. Like listeners who know me will not be surprised. I'm not the kind of person who checks the weather. I just kind of like <laughs> wake up and like whatever it is is what it is. So on Saturday, I had to go to Joey's soccer game and then coach Lee at like five thirty at night. Okay, and I, I again, I, 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 I roam through life rather aimless, Mike. So I leave the house wearing basically like a sweatshirt. <laughs> okay, I go to Joey's game. Like, oh my god, it's like thirty degrees and I'm freezing my ass off. Um, so I was really in pain there. And then I had to coach Lee at five 30 in the dark. That was five 30 on a Saturday. Not a good start time. No, uh, but I survived. I watched a lot of football, so I will be in full of the blanks that you cannot fill in. Um, it was a, it was a remarkable weekend of college football. I was like, like, it was something else, Mike. Really? Yeah. Very. I mean, surprisingly. So when you think about some of those nooners, uh, Michigan struggle with Illinois, TCU, their close game, of course, the Indiana, Michigan state barn burner, there were some good ones. Uh, just at noon and then as the day progressed of course you had Tennessee and you had what by all accounts was a tremendous uh, UCLA USC game um, I will say too I didn't I call, well I know we'll get, we'll get into it later okay let's get into the weekend review Mike are you ready yeah well the first the first weekend review I want uh, comment I want to say uh, your airport top 25 decidedly mixed reviews uh, among <laughs> among listeners who reached out so that's if we're starting with the weekend review all right go ahead weekend review I'm, I have to ask, what was the criticism? My rankings, it was the Wall Street Journal's ranking. <laughs> Just the, the amount of time that the segment took. And, um, you know, maybe we didn't have to do the full top 25 airports. We could have maybe done 10, something like that. These are these are comments I've heard anonymously. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, Georgia 16, Kentucky 6. I think I said last week, Mike, I think I said, and you mocked me. I was like, I'm just saying, Kentucky, they could be in this game, right? No, you, d- you you did say that, and I did mock you. I didn't, again, I did not watch a second of this game, and I was mildly surprised when I saw the uh, the final score. But it was basically kind of a win, in, win, advance, and move on type of game for Georgia, right? Yeah, but I think, like, this, I think you would agree, Mike. Look, I, I'm saying Georgia's good, Ohio State's good, Michigan is good. These are not, like, the team's – the, the top, top teams we've seen in recent years, this will be a very compelling playoff this year. And honestly, I think this year could have been a great 12-team playoff. I really believe that. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see that. But, you know, not to jump ahead, this Illinois-Michigan game, it was exciting, yes, but it was irrelevant for Michigan. Did not matter in the least bit whether they won or lost that game because they still have to beat Ohio State and they have to win the – the big 10 and they're in. So I'm just fearful that when we go to 12 teams, there will be more games like there, there definitely will be more games like that where the outcome just doesn't matter. We shall see Mike. Uh, number two, Ohio state 43, Maryland 30 wild Did game score, not indicative of how close it now. No, that last and- touchdown by Ohio state made it seem like a lot b- bigger spread. Great effort by the Terps uh, coming back in the second half. Talia played very well. Um, 
you know, Ohio State was lucky. They were able to run the ball with this freshman, which I think bodes well for them leading into the Michigan game, especially with the injuries that they have at running back. But an impressive coming off back-to-back shellacking for Maryland. It was uh, it, it showed some it showed some good heart for the Terps. I was I was impressed by their efforts. Talia had a couple of throws that were unbelievable. Like he really looked great. Yeah, especially uh-huh. when he's on the run, he's very good. He can throw the ball very accurately and far downfield, even when he's he's on the run, which I'm impressed with. By. Two things, Ohio State. I think this game was very similar in some ways to the Penn State game, where it's like Penn State battled, 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 and then in the mm-hmm. end, the Buckeyes have just playmakers who make exactly. Play- they have difference makers, correct? Uh, two, we said last week, and they they still have not played a play- complete game. They have. No, you're 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 right. I mean, this is a situation where it'll be so interesting. That's why there's so many things interesting about the game on Saturday uh, with the Wolverines, because. You know, if Ohio State loses, we're going to look back and say there were so many signs. We saw them all season. And if they win, we'll be like, you know, they were just killing time basically till this game. Right. Speaking of which, number three, Michigan 19, Illinois 17. I watched a lot of this game. Mm-hmm. Illinois. Me too. You were all over this one as well, Tim. You called it. You called a great Illinois effort. I, and look, they, they, they came to play. I, I just thought that um, Burt would be very um, – it was kind of like a Burt, like, I want to beat him so bad kind of game, and he's just a grumpy kind of guy. He he does get bigger every week, Mike, by the way. <laughs> Brett, you mean, not Burt. Oh, it's Burt. That's his nickname. Um, <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. I like Illinois, that. Look, they played a great, great game. Um, Michigan without Blake Corum in the end, huge blow for them. Yeah, and will he be able to play on Saturday? Of course, a huge story. But, Tim, going back to the Bilema getting bigger every week, tell, tell the listeners – I think it was it your brother who said this or your dad um, bigger. He gets bigger every week, but not necessarily fatter. Just he's just, just bigger. Yeah. yeah. He's just round and huge. Uh, like if you watch the Game of Thrones, he's like the mountain. Like that's who he is. <laughs> I don't watch that. Um, anyway, uh, I think Ohio State, Michigan, probably a little bit of like looking ahead. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. About that. But um, they both had a battle and struggle. Michigan, by the way, their kicker is amazing. He's yeah. Amazing. Well, even I, I saw the interview with him after the game, and he well, he just sounded so poised. He he really and he looked first of all, he looks old, and he sounded very very poised. And that's the as we get into these crunch uh, these big games here at the end of the season and then the postseason for Michigan, uh, that's a huge weapon to have a great kicker. People don't appreciate a good a good kicker. I'm like it's a no. huge huge weapon. You do as the father of a kicker. Yes. Uh number four, TCU 29, Baylor 20. Another massively entertaining game. Yes. The story of the game for me. And I don't know if you listen to um college football Sunday this week, Mike, on Sirius. No, uh, no, not this week. So I think Barrett Salee was six. So Andy Staples stepped in, who he's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. They spent so much time it, it, to see it live. So TCU is down. Okay. It was, I'm trying to think, third down or whatever. And the clock is ticking. They have no timeouts left. I think it would have been like a 42 ish, 43 ish yard field goal. They called a running play to get to the preferred hash. Okay. And there's like almost no time left. They run the play, they get to the hash, and then they have to get the field goal unit on the field with no timeouts. You can't spike the ball or whatever. And get the kickoff. And we're we're talking like 
I want to say whatever, 15, 17 seconds. That's no no joke, right? No, people are sprinting on and off the field. But they weren't. <laughs> this is either impressive or not impressive. It just seemed like they had such complete confidence. No, they, they did. They were running hard, but they were they they were not nervous. And and I listened to the interview with Sonny Dykes after the game. He said we practice that every Thursday, Ugh. which is such a cool thing to hear. He said we practice that every Thursday. We practice. Hey, you got to get the field goal team on the field. No timeouts. Get the. You know, it's a miracle there was no false start, right? How did all the offensive linemen get set? And it was a perfect snap, a perfect hold. And you want to talk about poise with the kicker. It was awesome. I mean, they were running hard on and off the field, but but you're right. They weren't panicking. That situation, think of all the moving parts. Mm-hmm. A, do you have the right guys on the field? <laughs> right? Right. Um, to, to have like a good hold, a good snap. No one jump off sides or, or uh, um, do you have even 11 guys? Forget about the right guys. Do you have the right number of guys on the field? Oh, it, it was so impressive to see, but um, TCU, I look, they are not in the same caliber as the top three. We all know this, but they keep finding ways to win. And there's a lot to be said for that. They're, They're so likable. They're so fun to watch. And Max Dugan is just such a poised leader. Um, you know, they're down eight points with less than two minutes left in that game. They, he drives them right down. They get the win. They get the touchdown, um, and then they miss the conversion. But the, because they had all their timeouts, and then he calmly, again with no timeouts, drives them back down the field to get them in field goal range. It was kind of a Heisman moment type of uh, of situation for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in New York. This next game, and again, we all have recency bias. I get it. I'm sure I'm forgetting a bigger shocker in this season, and you'll call me out on it. But I don't think anyone nah. saw this coming. South Carolina, 63, number five, Tennessee, 38. Where did that come from, Mike? Well, so you talk about shocking. You know, I didn't even see that. I got deep into the deep into the weeds of Billy Strings Saturday night. Uh, and then actually we saw a Talking <laughs> Heads uh, tribute band after the show in the wee hours in D.C. It was awesome. But uh when I saw this score, I didn't see it till Sunday morning. That was shock. That was true shock when I saw the score. I did a double take, had to make, I went to a second source to make sure that that was actually the correct score. Um, Spencer Rattler, he had what, eight touchdown passes going into uh, the whole season heading yeah. into this game, and he, he had six against the Vols. I mean, that was a stunning game. I didn't watch any of it, but when I saw the score, I was shocked. Just a stunning result. Um, and I just think, look, Tennessee's had a great year. But look, their signature win is over Bama, right? Yeah. And Bama's not that great. And No, this- it's a good, that's a good signature win. They also went to LSU and beat the Tigers by tw- four touchdowns in Death Valley. How much do you penalize them? for? This is a bad loss. This is bad. It's kind of a bad loss. I, I agree. But they still, it's been a magical season now. Listen. They have a backup quarterback and they're playing a Vanderbilt team that laugh if you want. And they've won two straight SEC games. That's the other <laughs> shocker of last week. <laughs> I know that's a huge shocker. Now, if Vanderbilt somehow beats Tennessee, then all of that tremendously great mojo that they've earned this season is down the toilet. Uh, number seven, USC 48, number 16, UCLA 45. I watched almost all of this game. Oh, good for you. I heard it was an awesome game. 
Unbelievable game. Unbelievable. The Pac-12 uh, has been great this year. The the Oregon-Washington game was one of the best games I've seen. The Utah-USC game was one of the best games I've seen. And uh, by all accounts, this one was a great one. So tip of the cap to the Pac-12 this year. First of all, we we, we have discussed this. Um, the uniforms in this game, there is uh, nothing, nothing better. Unequaled. Um, the game was phenomenal. UCA, UCLA played well. Um, man, USC hit the gold mine with Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Oh. And then uh, P.S. Caleb Williams comes with him. And that's my point. Caleb Williams, who I think, again, you can call me out on this, the way he played in this game, Mike, I don't see a better quarterback in the country. He that. might be a Heisman finalist as well. The Heisman's wide open, by the way, heading into the last week, but I would put Caleb Williams, I think, will almost certainly be a uh, – he's got a big, big stage against Notre Dame this week, but he's uh, he's in the top two or three right now. I think most of the nation watched this game. It was prime time. It was the biggest game. And right. now he's got Notre Dame this week. Oh, and that, that that's no the Notre Dame game this week is by far the biggest late uh, uh primetime game on Saturday. Uh number nine, Clemson 40, Miami 10. I've been saying it for weeks now. Clemson is just hanging around. Yeah, but they, they held Miami to under a hundred yards of offense, either a hundred yards of offense or a hundred yards rushing. That's a stat provided to me by my noted listener Ryan Tezure. I'll I'll double check it. But yeah, there uh, you just have to wonder do they still have a path, especially with North Carolina losing? Do they have a path? to uh to the title game we'll see 98 yards of offense for miami that's their lowest output since the 1950s that's an impressive defensive effort by the clemson tigers uh number 12 oregon 20 number 10 utah 17 or below you take a tough loss here mike would love to have watched this game too because it's just a classic utah defensive battle and we you know how our feelings on both these we i think we're both I love Utah. I like Oregon a lot. We we absolutely love both of our experiences in those respective uh, college towns. Um, but great job by Bo Nix. Uh, he was banged up, but he somehow managed to play and willed uh, willed the Ducks to a win. So nice, nice win for Oregon. You said last week, and I agree, Mike. I think we have definitely become. I'm, I'm a major Pac-12 fan, mm-hmm. and I think this year it's the most most entertaining conference by far. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to say yes. Um, the Big Twelve has has maybe a little more parody, but you, when you, you the key word you use there is entertaining. When you think about USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, Utah, the styles of that football that they play, they're all entertaining teams to watch. Number 11, Penn State, 55, Rutgers 10 here for one reason. I'll just say this, Mike, I know I'm a homer. I get it. Um, they're going to be good next year. These freshmen are playmakers it was an impressive performance by penn state the freshmen especially. yeah they're going to be very good they're going to be probably 10 and 2 9 and 3 10 and 2 next year penn state <laughs> perhaps 11 and 1 um, <laughs> georgia tech 21 number 13 north carolina 17 kind of throws the ac picture into question right absolutely very this this one hurts clemson it really does because now clemson uh does not get as much juice from beating the heels in the acc championship game as they would have if uh, Carolina had won this one but what a what a job by the interim coach at Georgia Tech four and three since he took over they were one of the worst teams in power five under Jeff Collins and uh so great job by uh that interim there at uh at Tech he might get the job from what I'm seeing hearing I think we discussed last week too Mike I I think we both were in agreement like we like oh Arkansas 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 right oh yeah Arkansas 42, number 14, Ole Miss 27. Yeah, kind of saw we both kind of saw this one coming. 
Um, there was some chatter last night on Twitter from like, now look, the blue check has lost some of his luster <laughs> <laughs> and a reporter who has a blue check, basically he said flat out Lane Kiffin to Auburn. Okay. And Lane Kiffin responded was like, yeah, great sources, dude. So God knows he's Lane Kiffin for all we know, he's definitely going to Auburn, but I don't. Yeah. Think that's he, that's he, the thing. Like, Hey boy, I got to imagine the, 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 the lump in that reporter's throat when, you know, not not the not the spokesman, not the AD, not the agent, but Lane Kiffin himself responds. He, that can't feel good. But to your point, would you be surprised at all if you know the day after the Egg Bowl, uh, Lane Kiffin signs with Auburn? I would not. No, not at all. Um, but again, um... Arkansas is just a team you don't want to play. You might beat them. I mean, you know, you, you very well could beat them, but. There's a good chance you can lose, and they're going to play their ass off against you, and it's going to be a physical game, and it's just it's just not a, a comfortable matchup playing Arkansas. Are they SEC Iowa? Uh, I'd put them maybe a notch above SEC Iowa, but that's a pretty good pretty good comparison. Or SEC Sparty, kind of. Yeah, maybe closer to a Sparty. Uh, Navy seventeen, number twenty, UCF fourteen. Navy man. I loved seeing this one. Loved seeing it. I didn't see any of the game, but I was I was happy to see the result. Big, big uh, loss for UCF in that uh, battle for the Group of Five uh, representative in the in the uh, in the bowls. Oklahoma twenty eight, number twenty two, Okie State thirteen. What 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 do you do if you're Okie State? So Gundy is now three and no two 17? and nineteen. Two and nineteen, I think. Two and nineteen, or three and eighteen. One of those two against Oklahoma. There's a clear, a clear ceiling. Well, actually, you don't do anything. You just wait for Oklahoma to leave the conference, to leave. and now yeah. you don't have to. Now you don't have to play them anymore. So problem solved. The, this game was twenty-eight nothing Sooners at one point. So it was another one that was not even as close as the score indicates. Mike, I have to ask you. I had to put it here. Indiana thirty-nine. Sparty 31. I started watching it. Of course, I tuned it out. Why wouldn't I? Right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? That's a great point. 17 point deficit at halftime. This game was so over at halftime. It was all Sparty. It was 24 7 late in the uh, third quarter. Tremendous. So, do you know Indiana completed two passes this entire game? <laughs> Dexter Williams is a quarterback who came in and God bless him. He showed some spark and some sign of life, um, but he just runs the ball. and But it's an extremely great comeback uh, by the Hoosiers. But Michigan State then has the ball late in the fourth, fourth quarter and drives down to the Indiana, what was it, four or five, the Indiana five-yard line. Uh, <laughs> they have a 22-yard field goal as time ran, runs out. That the guy just missed wasn't blocked or anything, and that was when I was listening to the Michigan State radio feed of that. And I'll try and do my best imitation of it. <laughs> here's a snap. Here's a kick. He missed it, <laughs> and then just dead silence for. And he was like, he he just missed it. He yanked it. He missed it. We're going <laughs> overtime. And then they went to commercial. Like the guy wasn't even like sad or pissed off. He was just uh, dejected, which was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, then overtime comes. Michigan State gets the ball first. They drive down. Field goal attempt blocked. 
The game is there for the taking for the Hoosiers. They drive down inside the five, line up for a field goal to win it. Blocked also. You've never seen a game like this. Uh, but then the Hoosiers scored, and of course you have to go for two in the double overtime. They ended up winning it. I was so happy to see it. Um, it was a great, great, great win for IU. Fourth win. Snapped a seven-game losing streak, which was uh, which was absolutely key. So uh, it was great. Tom Allen was so emotional. After I that. know. Well, he's an emotional guy. He is an emotional guy. <laughs> Speaking of which, not just because it was very cold in the Midwest that day, Mike. So it snowed and was windy everywhere. The post game interview with him and with Kirk Ferentz and one other coach. Clearly, they were so frozen they couldn't talk. <laughs> they were like their words were all jumbled. They just couldn't get words out because they were like frozen. Their face was frozen. It was very funny. Um, Dexter Williams, real quick, two for seven for thirty-one yards, <laughs> and that's in a game in which his team scored thirty-nine points and they got the win. So tip of my cap to him. He's our future. Finally, I like the way he played. This last game in the recap. It has to be said. We have beaten up on Iowa this entire season. You have a very weird infatuation with Iowa. I mean, like, it's a beautiful-looking stadium and, like, whatever. But, look, Mike, they were, like, they were awful a month ago. Two months ago, they were awful. They're still Iowa, awful. Iowa 13, Minnesota 10. If Iowa That's wins, the evidence you're citing to say they're not awful? No. My point is this. Kirk Ferentz – all right, well – there's a follow-up to this, this whole discussion. Um, he kept saying all year. There's a famous clip of him saying, like, someone asked him, like, what's the most overrated stat in football? He said offensive yardage. <laughs> <laughs> the post-game interview. This is a complete self-owned by P.J. Fleck. It was he, he was distraught. He lost this game. And he was telling the reporters, he's like, we always say, Iowa does not beat themselves. They don't beat themselves. And today we were the victim of that. Mike, this is the best stat I've heard in years. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. This game, Iowa 13, Minnesota 10 in the year 2022, <laughs> is the first game since 1986 with no penalties called the entire game. Wow. That I, that is a great stat. That's not where I thought you were going with that one, but that that is in, incredibly impressive. Or the or the uh, the refs were like, it's way way too cold. Let's get this damn game over <laughs> as fast as possible. Iowa defense was incredible. Um, and again, I was going to be in the Big Ten title game. They are. Oh my god, they're going to get destroyed. <laughs> but yes, they and what it'll be quite a comeback. But there was a good column written by, I think it was Andy Staples. Might have been in response to one of the mailbag questions that they get. Uh, you know, which team, if you're a fan of this team in the Big Ten West, is it actually a step back if you make it to the championship game? And he went with Iowa because then Kirk Ferentz is going to sit there and say, look, there's nothing wrong with our offense. There's nothing wrong with my son being offensive coordinator. We're in the Big Ten championship game. And you kind of want the bottom to fall out a little bit more so changes will be made. I thought that was interesting way of thinking of it whereas illinois if you make it there it's what it's like wow we're in the big 10 championship game we don't care if we get smoked um so i thought that, I thought that was an interesting perspective i'm skipping ahead real quick mike and this is this is my point we've known this for years now 
the Big Ten, they must immediately get rid of divisions. This they're is not a- doing it next year. They're waiting. They're waiting till twenty four. But it's a joke, right? It's a it joke. is. It's it's a joke for. It's a joke for literally every team. It's not fair to Michigan, Michigan State. It's not fair to the other four teams in the in that div- or five teams in that division. It's ridiculous on the other side. It's 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 screwed up when you no matter which team you look at. No, my my thing is it's more unfair to Maryland and Indiana than it is right. To, right? That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. even, but it's also unfair to Michigan and Ohio State. It's a joke. Like we all know what the the title game should be: Michigan, yeah. Ohio State. That's what it should be. Well, that's basically what it's going to be. So. Ugh. Anyway, all right, Mike. Top twenty-five, CFP. You ready? We're not doing airports this week, or truck stops, or uh, train train stations would be a good one. I know at least Ooh. one listener who would love that. Uh, here we go. Twenty-five, Louisville. Twenty-four, Cincy. Twenty-three, Texas. Like Texas. Texas. <laughs> they. <laughs> there must be something written into the into the the ranking bylaws that say. Texas must be ranked between 20 and 25 if there's any human way possible. They're seven and four. They have a chance to go to the uh, Big 12 title game, though, if they win and Kansas State loses, I believe. Ugh. 22 UCF, 21 Oregon State, 20 Ole Miss. I love Oregon State hanging around in there, and I'm psyched for the Civil War this week. I, I go back and forth. I think Oregon State's my favorite Pac-12 team, but it could be Utah, too. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like them both. Uh, 20 Ole Miss, 19 Tulane, 18 UCLA, 17 North Carolina, 16 Florida State. Well, the Knowles have really quietly stepped, uh, worked their way back up, and their win over LSU looks very, very good nowadays. How about this, Mike? Remember, were they 0-3? 15 Notre Dame. No, they were 0-2. 0-2. All right. But they do also have a loss to Stanford on their uh, the old <laughs> resume. But, boy – did they take Boston College behind the woodshed on Saturday? And did you see any footage of that game from the fourth quarter, the blizzard uh-huh. that they were playing in? Yeah. Thank God. I was I was there two weeks earlier, and thank God it wasn't like that. 14, Utah, 13, Washington, 12, Kansas State, 11, Penn State. I have a feeling that if we ever – or when we go to a Washington game, they will be in contention to be my favorite Pac-12 team as well. I agree. Uh, 10, Tennessee, 9, Oregon. Again, Oregon, what? Week one, absolute embarrassment loss to Georgia, and here they are. Yeah, work. Yeah, if you're gonna lose, do it in, in week one. Uh, eight, Clemson. I, I got Mike. Am I crazy? Seven, Bama. A bit overrated. Seven. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would have Bama over Clemson. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, uh, you know, Bama does not have uh, that many quality wins. Six. But they have a win over Texas, and Texas is top twenty-five. Six USC, five LSU, which also to me, how LSU over USC? I don't get that at all. I don't. Well, USC does not have a very strong strength of schedule, and but that's going to change big time on Saturday against the Irish, and then in the Pac-12 title game. So, uh, but I but then again, if LSU beats Georgia in this SEC title game, obviously they're going. There are some interesting scenarios still out there. Uh, Mike, I've watched a lot of LSU, a lot of USC. Can I can I give a two word phrase? I test, I test. Uh-huh. USC is better. They are okay. All right. Uh, Boy, that'd be a great uniform matchup though if those two ever played. 
Yeah. Uh, four TCU, three Big Michigan, fan of the frogs. two Ohio State, and one Georgia. Again, those top three, I don't. They're all the same. They are. Well, I have to also have to add real quick, listening to the end of the TCU game on the radio, the TCU announcers, boy, do they love saying frogs. <laughs> they, 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 they can't, they can't describe a play without, so, oh, frogs get a first down, third and de- third and two for the frogs, frogs this, frogs that, which I like too. Frogs, horn frogs, one of the top five nicknames in college football, I'd say. Way up there, way up there. Yeah. Uh, Mike, real quick, the World Cup, it must be said, and this is just me um, reacting to Twitter. As you know, Mike, I love soccer. The beautiful game. The beautiful game. I've loved it for years and years and years and years, and I one of my greatest victories in life was getting you to like soccer. <laughs> it's happened. I do like it, I have to say. <laughs> um, people on Twitter... Twitter's a hell, like just a hellscape, whatever. But like when, when it goes, when it finally is driven down uh, into uh, the oblivion of, of history uh, by Elon, I'll be happy. My point is this if you don't like soccer, don't watch it. Okay. I don't want to hear your stupid criticisms about soccer. It... Years ago, I was a music snob. Okay, Mike. And there was only certain genres that I liked. And someone told me, this is the greatest advice I've ever gotten. They're like, when it comes to music genres, don't judge it for what it isn't. Judge it for what it is. Hmm. And, and it was, who was the wise sage who told you that? It was a guy, my like my, my uh, record store in college. He's like, because I was like very anti-country music. He's like, no, no, no. Like, these are different genres. Appreciate the, the artistry for what it is. And like, it opened your mind to things. That being said, enjoy soccer for what it is. Just it's a good play. point. I mean, it's the same. You could say the same thing with movies. Like, yeah, don't sit there and and judge, you know, a, a Marvel movie against, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, one of these uh, the, these dramas that have nothing, no, not one special effect. Right. So I, I I kind of agree with that. And also, go USA. It's a very weird World Cup for a lot of reasons. Like, I don't love the the. Uh... Bad optics, a lot of ways here, Mike, with the four cup, <laughs> but um, we shall see. I do wonder. I I think we have a very. You watch English soccer. I'm a little terrified with Harry Kane playing us on Friday, Mike. Yeah, well, the way the the, the U.S. Um, first of all, great effort by the U.S. to qualify, right? And and an improved U.S. national team over what we've seen in recent years, um, but not. Not not a blue blood or a uh, powerhouse in any way stretch uh, or stretch of the imagination. They are the youngest team in the whole cup, which is like bodes well for when we host it in four years. But man, that game was there for the taking, and we let second half was bad. Anyway, moving on, Mike. Games of the week. There is so much. We'll try. Oh, uh, this is this is the best week of college football year in and year out. So when we're it's already all... starting off nicely. I'm watching the Ohio Bowling Green game. OU up 21-7. If they win, they're in the MAC championship game. They're wearing their black unis tonight. I'm uh, I'm all in on the Bobcats. Here we go, Mike. Thanksgiving evening, Mississippi State at number 14, Ole Miss, 7 p.m. ESPN, the Egg Bowl. So named because of what, Mike? 
Uh, you tell me this every year, and I forget it every year. <laughs> because they made the trophy, and it looks like an egg more than a football, so it's the Egg Bowl. <laughs> Great reason that it's called the Egg Bowl. Can I just stop and say thank you. Thank you to the athletic directors of Mississippi State, Mississippi, and to the president of ESPN, who's ultimately it was his decision, <laughs> to continue playing this on Thanksgiving night. We, we used to, of course, have Texas, Texas A&M on Thanksgiving night, another great rivalry. But this one is just as good, in my opinion. Uh, and I will. I am so excited. It, uh, every year I'm finishing off my Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house in suburban D.C., about an hour away from where I live in Baltimore. I've had a great time, but that great time has come to an end. And now I'd like to leave, and I'd like to go back to my house. I'd like to have a white Russian. I'd like to do a couple other things, and I'd like to watch some Mississippi State Mississippi Egg Bowl. I'm very, very excited. The Rebels, Mississippi State, two and a half point favorites. You got the distraction of Lane leaving. Um, I kind of lean toward uh, Mississippi State in this one. I have to ask Mike, I, I don't know the answer to this question. So why the White Russian? I don't know. It just started maybe eight to 10 years ago, and I don't remember the origin, um, especially because I don't have a sweet tooth. I'm not a big dessert guy. So maybe I, you know, I don't eat any of that pumpkin pie or all, my, my family brings out, I don't know, eight different desserts, you know, after a monster Thanksgiving feast, um, every kind of pie you can imagine, ice cream, brownies, everything you can think of. And I never touch any of it. So maybe it's my way of having a little dessert. I'm not sure why. The weird thing is it's not a drink that settles your stomach after no. having a, you know, a monster Thanksgiving meal. Um, you're going to be faced with some extra issues on Friday when you have a couple white Russians. Two, by the way, two is the max. It's the absolute max for white Russians. Um, I'm not sure how it started, but boy, do I love it. Uh, this is a great Friday noon kick. Under the radar, but so good. Number 21 Tulane at 25 Cincy. Noon Friday, Mike. I love that game. Yeah, and a huge, hugely important game for the American as well. Since he two and a half point favorites at home, Tulane has had this magical season. Both teams coming in nine and two. Um, yeah, great, great nooner. Uh, whoever wins goes to the AAC title game. Number 24, NC State, and number 13, Carolina, 3.30 Friday, ABC. I'm trying to picture. So I've been to um, Chapel Hill, beautiful town. The mm -hmm. stadium is gorgeous, Mike, gorgeous. I'm just wondering like will this be an intense atmosphere will students actually be there i don't i have no idea yeah i can't imagine it being an intense atmosphere i mean so carolina a lot of the wind was taken out of their sails with that loss to georgia tech last week nc state also has been losing and playing of course without their talented quarterback devin leary so they come in seven and four the heels nine and two unc a six and a half point favorite uh kind of an in I would maybe describe this rivalry as a spirited rivalry, but not an intense rivalry. I mean, how intense can it be? I mean, it's basketball country, right? Yeah, it's clearly a basketball country. But you're right. Chapel Hill is a gorgeous town, and it would, seems like it would be a very, very fun place to go to school. Beautiful. Uh, Nebraska at Iowa. The Legends game, Mike, 4 p.m. Friday. <laughs> yeah, I, I was unaware that they called this the Legends game. Um uh -huh. And this will also be the last game for Nebraska coach Mickey Joseph. Uh, sorry about that, Mickey. Uh, Iowa, 10.5-point favorites. I'm telling you right now, take Nebraska. There's no way that Iowa wins by double digits against anyone. 
That's a big number, huh? Yes. Uh, this will be great. Number three, Michigan at number two, Ohio State, noon Saturday on Fox. I will say this. I have no um, particular love for either of these programs, obviously, but I think it's great. They've always stuck to the noon kick, right? Yeah. The noon kick uh, of, of the two days after Thanksgiving. Um, this is the biggest game in this rivalry probably since 06, since that, that game of the century in 06. Um, Ohio State, seven and a half point favorites. Seems like a little bit of a big number there for me too, but kind of a suspicious big number. As everyone has been saying all week, the weather is going to be very, very important for this game because Ohio State, if it's nice weather, they can just throw the ball all around the whole uh, the shoe there. Um, and if it's if it's snowy and crappy weather like it was up in Ann Arbor last week that favors Michigan, their running game. Of course, if Blake Corum can play, that's a big if, too. So a lot of questions. Who's going to be running back, running the ball for each of these teams? Right. I mean. Both teams, but like, is Corum definitely out or no? No, we don't know. As of Tuesday, we do not know. Um, this one too. I mean, call me crazy, Mike. South Carolina at Clemson, noon ABC. Look, Carolina just blew the doors off Tennessee, right? So, and Clemson has their flaws. We saw that. You saw that at Notre Dame. Any chance here? Yeah. Well, this game obviously got a whole whole lot more interesting with the way that South Carolina played, um, you know, on Saturday against the Vols. Clemson, 14 and a half point favorites. They've won. I, I'm going to get this wrong. I think it's 50 something in a row at home. Um, so it's to, for me to imagine South Carolina coming into Death Valley and winning. Like if, if this game were in Columbia, it would be a whole lot different um, situation. So it definitely got more exciting after after their win. 36 straight home wins, by the way, for Clemson. So uh, I find it hard to envision a scenario where South Carolina wins the game. They might cover the 14 and a half, though. Um, is this the least interesting Iron Bowl in years? Unranked Auburn at number eight, Bama, 330 CBS. I mean, like, outside shot that Bama's like so like not interested in like not being in the playoff discussion anymore that they just don't show up I don't know right yeah I I, I agree um if the, I just wish this one were in Auburn because then I could see the possibility of an upset a little bit more um you got to like the way Auburn has played under Cadillac Williams they've they've shown a little spunk right um but they just do they just they, they just don't have the talent and does do does a Nick Saban team have a letdown I mean Obviously, whatever bowl they go to, they'll half the team will not participate, and that's a whole different story. But this is the Iron Bowl. This is probably going to be uh, uh, Young's last game. A lot of a lot of their players this is their last game playing for Bama, and I I just can't see Auburn going into Tuscaloosa and winning. To answer your question about do Bama teams have a letdown, I was listening to the Blitz last weekend. Bama played Austin P. They were not good. Mike. Well, that doesn't count. That that doesn't count. That's and not the announcers count. were very unpleased. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it does not count. The uh, Austin P does not count as a letdown. They could they 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 could go out there and sleep for three and a half quarters and win. That's not a real letdown. I wish this game was actually a late kick. Number twelve Oregon and number twenty three Oregon State three thirty eight. Yeah, I was very disappointed when I saw that was three thirty. That need that should be at night for sure. 
Absolutely. And I, I get like, I, I would not be shocked at all if Oregon State beat Oregon. I think Oregon's better. I think we all agree on that. But this rivalry is like so spicy. Yeah, it's it's a great game. Yeah, that 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 game might be on TV on the main screen ahead of the Iron Bowl. By the way, the Iron Bowl might be banished to TV one. Um, Oregon three and a half, only a three and a half point favorite in Corvallis. The Beavers eight and three. What a season under Jonathan Jonathan Smith, Coach Jonathan Smith. I could definitely see Oregon State winning this game because Oregon, boy, they've had a murderous schedule down the stretch here. They're kind of, I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of running out of juice. I think it's like honestly remarkable that Oregon and Oregon State are both ranked. There's no talent in Oregon. There's none. For these schools, I spent like, again, we said it before, it's hard to get to Corvallis. How do you recruit there, Mike? How do you recruit there? Yeah, well, especially with Eugene is a half hour away. That's <laughs> and it's just, I mean, this is a this is the epitome. That's why so many of these relation or these rivalries are so great. You know, the Michigan, Michigan State, Washington, Washington State. This is the haves and the have-nots, the big brother and the little brother. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of pulling for Oregon State. Mike, I was shocked to hear you say that that previous game was going to be your TV one. How about Purdue at Indiana, three thirty on BTN? Uh, I forgot. I forgot about that. I forgot about <laughs> that. So that's TV one. Oregon, Oregon State, State is TV two, and the Iron Bowl is TV three. You know, I was actually just very, very excited when I saw this one was at three thirty. I mean, this has been a nooner. This has noon written all over it, and there's, you know, there's there's Michigan, uh, Ohio State, and then I'm going to have some of the Georgia crew down, so we'll we'll have a keen eye at least for a half on Georgia, Georgia tech, but I'm excited that this one is at three 30 and that IU comes in with all the momentum of their huge win over Michigan state. We're, we're catching 10 and a half points at home against Purdue. Give me IU all day long. Uh, Sparty at number 11, Penn state 4 PM FS one. So for Penn Boring. state, it's their last chance to, um, even get into contention for a New Year's Six Bowl for Michigan State. If they win the game, like they're bowl eligible. So there's something here. Yeah, I know. Penn State will destroy them. I, having watched them play uh, the Hoosiers last week, there's not a lot of talent there. Um, Penn State, an 18 and a half point favorite. My nephews, my sister, and my brother-in-law will be in attendance at the game. Not a good forecast, according to my sister so far. I can't say that she's very excited to go to this game. Why are they going to this game? Uh, my brother-in-law went to Penn State, and he has indoctrinated slash brainwashed my nephews with this Penn State uh, fanaticism that you have and all your family has. And so they just they try and go to one game a year, and I, I'm not sure why it's this one. This is a a, a curious one to go to, I will say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Four, right down to the 4 p.m. kick. Odd. It'll be it's going to be cold and dark there at 4 p.m., I can assure you that. Ugh. Uh, number the most overrated rivalry in all college football. I'll die in this hill. Number eighteen Notre Dame at number seven USC seven thirty ABC. It's not a rivalry. It never. Yeah, but, at, but Tim, at least at least this week there are real circumstances that ride on this game, right? Which I think makes it much much more interesting than in previous years, right? USC has to win this game. Notre Dame has been playing much better football in the second half of the season. I think this is a spicy matchup, especially considering there's not that many great games at, uh, in prime time, USC five and a half point favorites. So I'll be looking forward to this game. 
I agree with you. It's not a rivalry on the level of the other ones we've been talking about or like the last one that you're going to get to. That's a 1030 kick that I pray and hope I make it up for. Um, but at least this year there are, it is an important game in the, in the broader landscape. Again, I would encourage folks to watch this. Caleb Williams is so good. Yeah, he is. And he's a DC uh, area native as well. Finally, Mike, a game I think we both want to go to the Apple Cup. Oh, yes. Number 17, Washington at Washington State, 1030 ESPN. Look, Washington's better, but in this rivalry especially, look out. Yeah, I mean, and this, this one's in Pullman, which I think I'd rather go to any game in Seattle, especially having tozered that stadium. It's one of the most beautiful settings for football I can imagine. But I think if I had to go to an Apple Cup game, I'd want it to be in Pullman. I agree. Totally. Um, Washington, two and a half point favorites on the road. I'm taking the Huskies. I just love this team with Michael Penix and uh, Coach DeBoer. They're basically Indiana uh, of the Pac-12. And 10-30, God, I hope I can make it up for that because I love that game and I definitely want to watch it. It's a two and a half. Two and a half, yep. Washington favored by two and a half on the road. I mean, that speaks volumes, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike, our picks last week were what? Tim, you got a win by going with your beloved Iowa Hawkeyes. They covered by a half point. They were two and a half point favorites, and they won by three, upping your record to five and seven. I lost, sadly. I had Stanford in um, the big – is it the big game or the game? I always confuse Ohio State-Michigan. Is that the big game? That's just the game, right? The game, yeah. The game, okay. So the big game is Stanford and Cal – this one was back and forth the whole time, but but uh, Cal did end up covering by two, so I took a loss. I'm down to five and seven. Bobby hit the bumper. Plays bets on college football. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. What do you mean you don't bet? I mean, I don't bet. You know, I don't care. I don't I never have. Tim, this is a timely pick because we were just talking about Pullman, Washington and the Apple Cup. That's where I'm going. Washington comes in two and a half point road favorites. They've covered six of the last seven head to head eight of the last 10 in Pullman. I'm taking Michael Penix Jr., in its final regular season college game, minus two and a half, take the Huskies. Again, what's the Iowa line, Mike? Oh, my God. How many games in a row are you going to take Iowa? <laughs> Hold on. Who uh, who are they playing again? They're, oh, Nebraska. they're playing Nebraska. Iowa favored by ten and a half. <laughs> you are insane if you take that. You might win, but you're insane. I'm not going there. I'll take Michigan. Uh, Michigan plus seven and a half. I kind of like that one. I mean, a lot rides on whether Blake Corum plays or not. But uh, that's, a, that's a lot of points for a Michigan team that's looked great the whole year. Um, Mike, again, we, we already discussed weekend plans. It'll be wonderful. I'm sure you'll enjoy your weekend. Um, to everyone. Well, a, full, a full recap of our entire four-day college football Thanksgiving turkey bender on next week's show. Absolutely. Um, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, enjoy your time with your family and your friends. And enjoy all the football. There's so much football to be enjoyed. And Mike, there's one thing to say. Pachas. Pachas.
you for listening to the TCFN Podcast. For more college football news and wit, visit intelligentcollegefootball.com.